KC. What's up, GE? Hey, uh, so we got a Bible study today. Yeah. And um, in this Bible study today, I, I want to kind of go over it. I mean, we are kind of going through the laws and stuff. And uh, so, I mean, I just want to give a basic kind of overview of, you know, what in the world we're, we're going to be telling you to do today uh, as, as, as per Moses. Okay. Okay. So first off, Moses is going to spend three fucking days repeating himself over and over again. I guess it's some kind of memorization contest with the Jews. Those that can memorize his speeches won't die um, by the hand of God. So my guess is is that that is what that situation is. Um, next up, uh, we're going to be going over laws, uh, specifically religious and ceremonial shit. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, um, basically death uh, for anything and everything don't pick your nose or make fun of Moses because you will definitely have snakes shoved up your ass and there's no way to come back from it now because they got rid of that that bronze snake thing well so the the thing is actually at this point what the focus is on is you know they're getting ready to move into the Holy Land so the focus is actually on them being able to govern themselves under God's laws no mm. So that means death by snakes and anus. No, God is the one who puts snakes up the anus. This is the Israelites governing themselves. Well, yeah, I figured it'd be the Israelites shoving the snakes up the anus now instead no. of God forcing the snakes to crawl inside the anus of, nope. of the Israelites. No. I mean, this no. is Bible stuff, no. honey. No. What's up, heathens? How you guys doing? Today we're going to be going over more of the Bible. And, you know, we got KC here with us. Hey, KC. Hi, how's it going? Uh, you know, it's going pretty good. But just, you know, my normal uh, tomfoolery at the beginning with not knowing what we're talking about today. Uh, I do know that we're talking about the rules. So I guess we'll be going over the rules for how the Israelites will govern themselves. Yeah, so what we're going to do today actually... If you remember from last week, they are um, the Israelites are dividing up the land. They're deciding how they're gonna take over the Canaanites and all of their shit and all the people that live in the Holy Land that they're driving out. Right. So Moses knows that they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan into the Holy Land. He also knows that per God's instruction or per God telling him. He's not going to go into the Holy Land with the Israelites. He was being punished. Um, so he knows that he's going to die soon. So he feels like it's his job at this point to prepare the Israelites for life without him since they constantly come to him for everything. Right. And so that means a memorization contest. Those that can't memorize it get killed. <laughs> Well, I don't know that they actually have to recite it, but yeah, I mean, at this time you didn't have a lot of written words. So yeah, he needed to, he felt the need to address the people and he actually has a couple different addresses that he, that he does. The first one is where he reviews the history and purpose, like the history of the Israelites, what they've been through since they left Egypt, because it's been 40 years. This is essentially a whole new generation of people. 
And he needs he feels the need to remind them where they came from to prepare them for where they're going. Just to give you guys a little bit of an insight to the rendition of this, uh, here's one portion of Moses' speech. Now, we all remember Jacob getting butt-fucked in the desert by God and then being renamed Israel. Just remember that God has been fucking us in the ass since day one. I don't it's think there's, I don't think there's ever been any kind of archaeological find that has those precise words, but I don't see how you could put it any other way. <laughs> I mean, just being honest here, people. So what we're gonna do here, this is this is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy spends a lot of time repeating the stuff that's already happened so far. Um, again, Moses' address going over the history and purpose. So he talks about um, where they came from since Mount Sinai and and how they got the laws and the golden calf that he came back to and broke the first set of tablets and all of those other things. Um, The 40 years in wandering the desert, um, which a lot of people... I find it interesting. I, w- I saw some stuff on Twitter this week where people were talking about what bad navigators the Jews were because they couldn't find their way through the desert because Google Maps says that it takes like, what, six days to walk from Mount Sinai to the Holy Land. So <laughs> it's fine. They weren't lost. They weren't wandering because they were lost. They were being punished, which I tried to explain to this person. Didn't go so well. They basically called me a dumb bitch. So um it is what it is people on twitter right well and i mean honestly it's easy for them to get lost when their google maps is just a dank vape cloud that they're following (laughs) through the desert but they weren't lost well no i'm not saying that they were lost i'm saying that they were following a dank vape cloud right because they were being punished Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have gotten to the Holy Land, but But, that's not what God wanted. But I I also remarked on how easy it would be to get lost when your Google Maps is a dank fake cloud. I mean, if you... The fuck was that? I'm just saying that when the dank vape cloud is your direction, it would be easy to get lost. Not that they were lost, but, you know, God was punishing them with... mm, not having milk and honey land. Well, yeah, he was. So they talk about that. He he addresses the people and he reminds them about the people they've defeated, the Amorites and the Bashanites and and uh, all the all the other um, the things, the people that they've basically killed and taken over since they've been on the road, right? Um, they talk. He talks to them about obeying the law. He talks about. Uh, the importance of their divine source, the importance of God, the importance that the basically what it means that they have God leading their way and they need to always remember that everything that they do is because of him and for him. So that's nice. Um, he talks about idolatry as being evil and as their greatest threat as a people, um, given the culture that they're around at the time. He talks about them being the chosen nation, um, and then he, and, and that's pretty much how the first address goes. All right, first address in the pocket, just like Lincoln at Gettysburg. <laughs> yeah. So the second address is about obedience. 
Oh, of fucking course it is. Yeah. Because if anything, the Bible is about obedience, and especially in the face of reality. Yeah. So, essentially, he he talks about Moses talks about his role in in the history of the Israelites and how he was delegated by God to. Um, to basically provide the law, provide God's law to the people, which actually that was Aaron's job for a long time because he was Moses' mouthpiece. Um, but the, he wanted to explain again the purpose of the law and how they need to remember them and what how they should be motivated to be obedient to God um, and that they are not to test God. They're not to test him because, you know, he'll fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And then gives examples of him fucking people up. Um, talks again about teaching the law's history and, and teaching the Jews throughout generation after generation after generation follows that, that the Jews need to remember, well, the Israelites, you know, they need to remember where these laws came from, why they have them, how obedience is not only a responsibility, but it is a, it is a blessing and that God will be with them if they are faithful and protect them and um, that laws are for discipline. You know, they, they're not supposed to be prideful. Mm-hmm. He goes through all of these things um, and, and explains again shit they've done wrong and how they were punished for those things and how God demonstrates his power and then again how the laws are a blessing to them. So, I mean, how uncomfortable do you have to, would it have to be to be there and hear Moses recount? Like, don't don't you guys remember when God shoved those snakes up your ass and then I had to build a a snake altar or snake staff and you had to look at it? Yeah, y'all don't want that to fucking happen again, do you? Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what he does. He he talks about people dying through fire, and he talks about why. And and essentially, all the blame lies on the Israelites. It was, y'all fucked up, and here's what happened. These are the lessons you need to learn, and God will bless you and protect you if you obey his laws. If you disobey his laws, he'll fuck you up. So it's, you know, it's governing by fear. Oh, the lovely governing by fear. I mean, it's the best way to govern your people. There's no way that can backfire on your ass, right? Yeah. Well, so one of the interesting things is a lot of laws were given. um, There's over 600, right? Laws that were given from God to Moses. And there's never really any explicit reason given for the individual laws. Like, sometimes there, there are reasons. Like, you know, I praying to idols or other gods is bad because I am the only God. I I mean, that's pretty much a vague reason, but that's a reason. But a lot of laws have no reasons. Um, The Israelites are just simply supposed to have faith that the reasons are God's and they don't need to know them. So basically God is up there like a parent that's (laughs) an asshole parent. And he's like, well, okay, guys, listen, you don't need to fuck each other in the ass. Why? Because I fucking said so, you understand me? Yeah. And you're just supposed to accept that answer. And be obedient. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the point. You know, you know, some people are aroused by the obedience. Yes, some people are. My guess would be God. <laughs> 
So it's important to note that while uh, we're going through the laws, that the Bible is really explicit about the laws that regulate um, personal injury, diet, um, sacrifices, offerings, respect for um, the rights of other people. I, it, you know, interestingly enough, that none of them are less important than any of the others. So they're all equally important, apparently. Well, yeah, and that makes that, that makes a lot of sense with how God treats sin, because for God, all sin is bad except for the one which is to deny the Holy Spirit in that case. That's you, worse. Well, I mean, you definitely go to hell at that point. The yeah. other times you can come back from it. But if you deny the Holy Spirit, you're definitely burning your ass off for eternity. Or mock. If you mock the Holy Spirit, you don't even have to deny that it exists. Oh. You just, if you mock it. Oh, if you mock it, you get bears suck on you. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You get you get your ass ripped apart by bears. Yeah. So the way that these laws are formulated, some of them are statute-like type laws. Others are kind of decisions or ethical duties. Um, some meet temporary needs. Some are long-term. Um, some are spiritual. Again, some are um, physical. So it it's, it's interesting. But the way that this book is set up, we've kind of been talking about it since we started the Bible study. But um, if you're new to joining us or don't remember, we've been skipping around a little bit and telling the whole story right through the books of Moses. And then the laws are all categorized. So today we're going to start with uh, section one, which is religious and ceremonial laws. Now, in case everybody doesn't know, the Old Testament law is broken up into several different categories like we are going through here, but um, it's more important as to like how um, <clears throat> how like, like how they're implemented not only in the Old Testament but how they transfer to the New Testament. So religious and ceremonial laws, uh, that's one kind. you have moral laws. And then you have um, uh, like laws that are centered around that specific time period. Civil. Uh, civil laws, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, a lot of Christians like to say that there are moral laws in in the Old Testament that still carry over to the New Testament, and that's how they can cherry pick you know which laws they like so like for instance with the you know kill gay people passages in the old testament they would say that it's a moral law that you're not supposed to butt fuck someone but they would call it a ceremonial or civil law for you to have to kill them and so it's kind of like a mismatch kind of thing i just i thought that maybe you guys would like some interesting insight into how they actually rationalize the old testament laws so keep that in mind whenever we're reading these um that somebody could would, would argue that oh no that's ceremonial or that's civil right and uh you know you there's not really a good response to that because i mean on the one hand they're right but on another hand it's i guess the good response would be that you know why did god give such temporal laws in his holy book that's supposed to be objective right and you know um applicable throughout time 
And so that would be a good thing to throw in their face about how that doesn't make sense, but they'll still, their cognitive dissonance will will re-engage at that point. And another thing that you might want to keep in mind as we go through these, some of these laws are in Deuteronomy, some are in Exodus, uh, some are in Leviticus, and some are in Numbers. The laws are spread throughout um, four of the five books of Moses, and they again they're categorized here so i'll try to keep you in um tune with where we are when we're talking about them yeah and don't forget people that we're jumping around this shit like super mario so (laughs) whenever we go back and forth just think about mario jumping over a a gaping hole (laughs) also as i was reading through this i so GE and I started watching the show Living Biblically. I don't know if any of y'all watch it, but it is hilarious. So a guy who is non-religious decides he is going to basically cleanse his life of toxicity by living exactly as the Bible. He's no longer going to make choices for himself, essentially. He's going to live exactly as the Bible says to. Well, so he gets his Bible team, you know, his his God squad together, and it's a Catholic priest and a Jewish rabbi, and it is hilarious. If you haven't checked it out, you should, Living Biblically. I don't remember what network it's on. I think it's maybe CBS. I don't know what day it's on, and I don't know what time it's on. You can look it up. Um, but anyway, it's funny, because while I'm reading these, I'm imagining this guy in modern times doing these things and in some cases he does and it's hilarious so yeah yeah there was one time he actually stoned an adulterer that was an interesting episode (laughs) he did and then he went to the priest the next day to confession and he was like it was great i stoned an adulterer and the priest is like you did what it was great (laughs) (laughs) so anyway all right you ready to start out Yes, let's go ahead and start this bloodbath. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 5, 5b through 7. I hope you're all taking notes. I am. Okay, so this is the first commandment, right? The cornerstone that all other laws are built upon. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Oh, is that an admission to other gods existing? (gasps) Oh my goodness, guys. We got them right here. Fucking commandment one. (laughs) Yeah, so it is interesting. The Bible, we've, I mean, we've come across it quite a bit. There are other religions. They're recognized by, you know, the writers of the Bible. They're recognized that there are other gods. Um... They're just apparently not the right God. The God of Abraham is their God, and they recognize that, that he's the only one that they'll worship. But they, it isn't clear that to them he's the only one that existed. Well, true. He is. The, well, it, it, it's not clear that, that he was the only one that existed. It's actually very clear that um, other gods also existed at the same time. It's right. just that the Israelites are to worship Yahweh. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for instance, I actually recently I did a video where they admitted to uh, another god, um, Inanna. Inanna mm-hmm. uh, and Tammuz, which uh, have roots in a lot of religions in the area that they're in. 
And um, they actually admit to people believing in those particular gods at the time. So, um, and then and then of course, um, and and previously we talked about how the Midianites mm-hmm. were worshiping idols, and so the uh, you know God was pretty pissed off about that, but. I mean, there's several gods that are mentioned and acknowledged by the Israelites. It's just that they worship Yahweh. Yeah, and actually, we're gonna get we're gonna see another one today that they talk about um, that they're specifically not allowed to um, worship. So it is interesting how there is admission of existence to a, we don't know how many other gods. Um, at the time, it's just this is the one that they worshipped. So that is one main difference that I see between the Jews then and the Jews now and Christians now is that they are certain now that their God is the only God that exists, period. And that is just not the case in the scripture. That's just not not reality. I mean, obviously, it's not reality, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so yes, first God, no other gods before me. The second commandment makes sure that the people remain loyal to their one true living God, right? So Deuteronomy chapter five, verses eight through 10, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I wonder if the generations restart every generation. I don't know. But I think it's interesting that, you know, like it makes me think of that song, uh, My God is a Loving God. You know what I'm talking about? My God is an awesome God. He reigns. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, So he's so loving, but only if you obey him. And if you don't do exactly what he says, he doesn't love you. So it's his love is not unconditional, despite what Christians say. It's unconditional as long as you obey him. And that makes sense in some way. It doesn't, then, because that's a condition. Well, quit bringing... I will quote a recent commenter. Quit being an asshole and bringing facts to disprove my beliefs. Okay? <laughs> Yeah, that was a funny comment. I really enjoyed that one in particular. Okay, so now we're going to get into some laws against idolatry and paganism. And these um, first couple are in Exodus uh, chapter 22. Whoever sacrifices to any god other than the Lord must be destroyed. Kill my fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what you do is you take a bat. (laughs) Or, well, I guess at this time it'd be like a hoe. Either kind of hoe, too, and just beat a motherfucker with it. Yeah. So you can't sacrifice to any other god. Um, In Exodus chapter 23, verse 13, be careful to do everything I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your lips. So they're not even allowed to speak the name of another god. Oh, all of those Christians that repeat the Bible and say, Baal. (laughs) You're going to hell yeah. along with everybody else. Yeah. Um, Exodus 34 and actually Leviticus 19 uh, talk about um, making molten gods. So do not turn 
to idols or make gods of cast metal for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. That means all of you people that love your Corvettes and shit out there. <laughs> get fucking rid of them. Yeah. Um, do not make uh, this. Is, sorry. This is Leviticus chapter 26. Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves and do not place a carved stone in your hand to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. Wait, so you can't have a carved stone in your hand and no. bow down before that same stone that's in your hand? Right. Who would fucking do that? I like, don't know. Is there, is there one particular cult that has like a carved stone and then they they prostrate themselves? It's like, nope, I'm not fucking that ass with that stone in that hand. <laughs> Get it the fucketh out. Yeah, I don't know. Um they are not allowed to set up. Oh, sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 21 and 22. Do not set up any wooden Asherah. And Asherahs are like, um, Asherah is an, is a, is another goddess of the Canaanites basically. Um, and so it's, a, it's a wooden Asherah pole that they carve and set up. Um, so don't put any of those beside your altar. You build to the Lord, your God, and do not erect a sacred stone for these. The Lord, your God hates. Um, wouldn't that be kind of a dick move, don't you think? Like, <laughs> like I mean, you erect an altar to this god, and then you're like, I'm going to put this bitch right here because I want her watching your ass, and she's, she's your <laughs> supervisor. Yeah. Um, and then in Leviticus chapter 20, um, they talk about um, God telling Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or any alien living in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch, and Moloch is a, is a Canaanite god. Um, it's basically a human body with a bull's head, like with the bull and the horns. And I thought that was like a minotaur or something. <laughs> it's a, it's a Moloch. Uh, but anyone who sacrifices their children to Moloch uh, shall be put to death. Uh, the people in the community are to stone him. So that's the way that they kill someone who sacrifices their children to Moloch is by stoning. Well, yeah. And I mean, now, of course, if you sacrifice your kid to Moloch, you're just going to get put into a padded room and never be let, alone, or let around kids again. But if you <laughs> kill your kid with your with your faith healing, it's fine. You can go on and have more kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the people of the community, oh, are to stone him. I already said that. I will set my face against that man and I will cut him off from his people. For by giving his children to Molech, he has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. If the people of the community close their eyes when the man gives one of his children to Molech and they fail to put him to death, I will set my face against that man and his family and will cut off from their people, both him and all who follow him in prostituting themselves to Molech. <laughs> no, because you only have to prostitute yourselves to God. I wonder, Remember, I wonder, face down, ass up, people. Yeah, I wonder why God hates Moloch so much. Like, what did Moloch do to him? Well, I don't know. I'm guessing Moloch was a cult, um, <clears throat> a cult of Moloch, where, where they did human sacrifices is what it seems like. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing that if you're an Israelite and you're sacrificing your child to Moloch, I mean, that's taking away an Israelite from you know god's playthings because i mean you know god loves to you know shit on the jews all the time <laughs> right um god wants to be the only one to, to shit on his jews <laughs> gross okay so um 
in Deuteronomy chapter 14, they talk about separate they they talk about things that will specifically separate them from pagans um he says you are the children of the lord your god do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead for you are a people holy to the lord your god out of all the peoples on the face of the earth the lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession so like this would be no piercings no tattoos no haircuts or beard trims things like that well yeah but it also says for the dead i'm wondering does that just mean like you can't get memorial tattoos i don't know maybe but i've got two of those yeah uh you know i don't i don't know a lot of people like to bring up this verse whenever somebody has like a a christ uh symbol or whatnot tattooed on them and i uh you know i would actually chalk this up to like um ceremonial or um uh civil kind of laws instead of moral yeah i mean there are other there are other verses that talk about oh yeah i know i'm just uh, like somebody may i'm not saying that they're right i'm saying that 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 um it it may be that they say that oh no that's just a civil law that's only for jews no just these are jews can. these are ceremonial laws all of these that i'm telling you right oh. now are religious and ceremonial laws I, we started off with that oh, this yeah. whole entire category is religious and ceremonial sorry yeah my bad <laughs> so uh morning practices not morning like the sun comes up morning as in sadness which you were kind of going towards you know memorializing and whatever uh do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves i am the lord i just think that's a weird thing to say do not cut your bodies for the dead is that something pagans do like do they like cut their hands and like drip their blood like do they do shit like that for dead people well, I don't, I don't know, but Doctor Zaz in the Batman series, he puts a tally mark on his body whenever he kills somebody. So I'm guessing it's something similar to that. Oh, interesting. Okay, hopefully he didn't kill too many people. Oh, his body was covered. Gross. Okay, so in Deuteronomy chapter 12, we talk about in avoiding enticement. The Lord your God will cut off before the nations you are about to invade and dispossess. But when you have driven them out and settled in their land, and after they have been destroyed before you, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? We will do the same. You must not worship the Lord of your God in their way, because in worshiping their gods, they do all kinds of detestable things the Lord hates. They even burn their sons and daughters in the fire as sacrifices to their gods. Which I think is an interesting thing to say, because so does he well i mean considering that he was going to have abraham sacrifice isaac on an altar of fire basically i mean it seems kind of odd that he would be like no you know i totally turned my tune around on that i just i fucked that kind of worship no well and not just that kind of worship but i mean when uh when two of aaron's sons use the wrong fire to light the fucking incense he completely enveloped them in fire well yeah because god was able to do it um he doesn't want the israelites to do it only god can shove fireballs up your ass yeah well so here's another thing that i think is really interesting about this passage we kind of skipped over it a little bit he says be careful not to inquire about other people's gods and and ask how do these people serve their gods 
God doesn't want them to learn anything. He doesn't want them to learn anything about other people or how they practice or what they do or their structure or culture. He wants them to be essentially closed off, um, which prevents them from knowing anything outside of themselves and what he is teaching them, period. Well, exactly, um, because you have to trust in God completely for your knowledge, and that's just how shit is. Well, it's been that way since the beginning, pretty much. I mean, with with Adam and Eve and not eating from the tree of knowledge, knowledge and education is really frowned upon. So, I, mm. Well, yeah, from the very beginning, it's very anti-knowledge, uh, even in the Garden of Eden. So it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so in Deuteronomy chapter 13, they talk about... Um, solicit people who solicit idolatry so if your very own brother or your son or daughter or the wife you love or your closest friend secretly entices you saying let us go and worship other gods gods that neither you nor your fathers have known gods of the peoples around you whether from near or far one end of the land or the other do not yield to him or listen to him show him no pity do not spare him or shield him you must certainly put him to death so this is really kind of funny because God has his evangelicals going out and talking to other people about him. But yet if somebody else is trying to talk like, hey, you ever heard of Muhammad? <laughs> then you're supposed to fucking kill this some bitch. Yes, you are. You are. Um, and even if it's your mother, your brother, your father, your son, your sister, your daughter, whoever, it no mercy. I think that this would also apply to atheists in general because it's like hey come serve no god yeah i agree it, it's just somebody it's something that's different than something else which atheists don't say come serve no god it, it but i can see religious people saying that because i mean they do they think that we legit are religious atheists or something i don't know yeah so he tells them how to handle this if this happens. Uh, put him to death is really vague, right? So he tells them how. Your hand must be the first in putting him to death and then the hands of all the people. Stone him to death because he tried to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Then all Israel will hear and be afraid and no one among you will do such an evil thing again. Oh, I don't know about that because, I mean, there are rebellious people in every society. Mm-hmm. Um, they also talk about the cities here in, in Deuteronomy chapter 13. If you hear it said about one of the towns the Lord your God is giving you to live in, that wicked men have arisen among you and led the people of their town astray, saying, let us go and worship other gods, gods you have not known, then you must inquire, probe and investigate it thoroughly. And if it is true that it has been proven that this detestable thing has been done among you, you must certainly put the sword to all who live in that town. Everyone. Kill everyone who believes differently than you. Well, I mean, this really, I mean, I don't know. This isn't really that big of a surprise for me because, no. I mean, God, God's pretty bloodthirsty and it's, it's, he's kind of an all or nothing kind of God. It's like either all of you succumb to my will or I'm going to just fucking kill every, every one of you. And I mean, if you don't remember, God was displeased when they didn't kill all of the little girls and children in general in that one town, the Midianites. 
Well, yeah, and it goes on to say destroy it completely, both its people and its livestock, because apparently the cows did something fucked up, you know, to earn it. Uh, Gather all the plunder of the town into the middle of the public square and completely burn the town and all its plunders as a whole burnt offering to the Lord your God. It is to remain a ruin forever. Forever. And never to be rebuilt. Never. (laughs) None of those condemned things shall be found in your hands so that the Lord will turn from his fierce anger. He will show you mercy and have compassion on you and increase your numbers as he promised an oath to your forefathers. Because you obey the Lord your God, keeping all his commands that I am giving you today and am doing what is right in his eyes. Well, uh, I mean, of course. I mean, if you're doing what God tells you to do, you're not doing wrong. Unless it is in modern times, then you are doing something fucking wrong because there's nothing that God tells you to do that isn't somewhat illegal. Well, yeah, and I think they address – well, I mean, I know. I know that they address this at some point. Um, They talk about the laws of the land and how you have to obey the laws of the land and when they're in conflict. Like, sure, you hold God's law above all others, but – you have to be able to live in the law of the land. So there's that too. Um, so in, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, they continue to talk about idolatry because apparently that is the biggest threat to Yahweh God. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if you have people believe in other religions, I mean, how are you going to build up your own religion? I mean, it, it only makes sense to just kill those motherfuckers that want you to leave the religion. Well, they have to. They have to because other religions are their biggest threat. Yeah. Um, So if a man or woman living among you in one of the towns the Lord gives you is found doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God in violation of his covenant and contrary to my command has worshipped any other gods, bowing down to them or to the sun or to the moon or the stars of the sky, and this has been brought to your attention then you must investigate it thoroughly if this is true and it has been proved that this detestable thing has been done in israel take the man or woman who has done this evil deed to your city gate and stone that person to death now there are some caveats here you ready yes on the testimony of two or three witnesses a man shall be uh put to death Right. Okay, so basically just you got to have two or three witnesses and to say somebody did something. Yes, but no one shall be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. Uh, the hands of the witnesses must be the first in putting him to death. So if somebody comes forward and says, yes, this person, you know, did whatever to this God, um, then that witness has to be the first person to throw a stone. They don't have an option but to kill people. Like if if your wife or husband did something against God, it is your responsibility to kill them. No mercy. And you simply have to kill the people around you and the people that you love. And mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. It's I think it's a ridiculous standard um, and expectation. Well, yeah, it really is. But also you see how we deviated from that fairly quickly. But yet still people are wanting to say that our country's based on these laws. Well, you know, what's interesting is that in in some other cultures, mainly in the Middle East, they do still have honor killings. That's what these are. Oh, yeah. Honor killings. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah, these are honor killings. So 
in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 12 and chap, um, well, throughout chapter 12 in different areas, it talks about there being only one place of worship. So again, we're into the only worship your God in his way. Um, you can't worship your God in other people's ways. Even if you are worshiping your own God, the, the right God, Yahweh God, mm-hmm. even if you're worshiping him, if you're doing it in a ceremonial way that a pagan would worship a pagan, you know, a, a God, then you're doing a bad thing. Well, I mean... Well, yeah, because I'm guessing pagans at this time were still doing human sacrifices. At least that's how that was making it out to be, which isn't which isn't really all that true. As we read in the Anana story, uh, they just poured one out for the homies. Um, so destroy completely all the places on the high mountains and on the hills under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones and burn their Asherah poles. Uh, in fire, cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from those places. You must not worship the Lord of your God in their way, but you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes and put his name there for his dwelling. (laughs) To that place you must go. There you must bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, which you have vowed to give and your free will offerings. And the firstborn of your herds and flocks, there in the presence of the Lord, your God, you and your family shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not to do as we do here today, everyone as he sees fit, since you have not yet reached the resting place in the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. But you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and he will give you the rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. Then to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling in his name, there you are to bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, sacrifices, tithes, special gifts, and all the choice possessions you have vowed to the Lord, and there rejoice before the Lord your God. So right now because they've been more condensed, you know, they have a single tabernacle, right? Mm -hmm. They have a a temple that they go and do all their offerings and everything. But soon they're going to be pretty widespread and they're not going to be able to necessarily have, they're they're not going to be as condensed and be able to do stuff like that. So he's trying to explain to them how to manage in this new setting. Um, so it says, uh, be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings anywhere you please. Offer them only at the place the Lord will choose in one of your tribes and there observe everything I command you. So they're going to have places where their tribes are settled. Um, nevertheless, you may slaughter your animals in any of your towns and eat as much of the meat as you want as if it were, uh, as if it were gazelle or deer, according to the blessing the, the Lord of your God gives you. But the ceremonially unclean um, and the ceremonial, both the ceremonially unclean and the clean may eat it. 
You must not eat in your towns the tithe of your grain, the new wine and oil, or the firstborn of your herds and flocks, or whatever you have vowed to give, or or your freewill offerings or special gifts. Instead, you are to eat those in the presence of the Lord your God at the place the Lord your God will choose. You, your sons and daughters, your manservants and maidservants, and the Levites from your towns, and you are to rejoice before the Lord your God in everything you put your hand to. Be careful not to neglect the Levites as long as you live in the land. So he's reminding them, keep the Levites in mind and that uh, they are only to, they're only to consume their holy clean things in sacrifice to God in those special places, but everything else they can have in their town as they choose. Um, it repeats the same thing again. Um uh, when you crave meat and say, I would like some meat, you may eat as much of it as you want, but not the sacrifices to God. Um, take your consecrated things and whatever you have vowed to give to the place the Lord will choose. Present your burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord your God, both meat and the blood. The blood of your sacrifices must be poured beside the altar of your God, but you may eat the meat. Be careful to obey all these regulations I am giving you so that it may always go well with you and your children after you, because you will be doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. I don't see how it's good or right to kill people for simply believing differently or holding a fucking rock. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder about the whole, well, I mean, not really. Like, you know, the whole commandment, thou shalt not kill. Yeah, I remember that one. Hey, Casey. Huh? I have a rock in my hand. Are you going to kill me? Um, no. er, Wait, you're not Jewish, right? No. Well, (laughs) yeah. You you are a little bit. So I'm holding (laughs) a rock and all. I haven't actually bent down to pray yet. Oh, God damn. She stabbed me in the back, guys. What the fuck? It was just with a pen. What? No, you're not <laughs> supposed to let them in on the thing. They're supposed to think that you killed me. Well, you're talking. Ah! Oh. Okay, so we're going to do this without GE from now on. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's rejoicing. I mean, I'm sick today, so I haven't really been all that enthused about this this first part, which... Getting here, I was I was enthused, but I don't know. I'm sick today. Sorry, guys. Yeah, and I'm back today, right? Which is good. I was out last she, week. Yeah, she she was out last week for school reasons, and I'm yeah. I'm barely hanging in there. But good news, week. I got an A on my test, an A on my final paper, and an A on my final homework, and an A in the class. For so that's good. So, soon she's gonna be an engineer like the rest of us. <laughs> So that's all we have in that first section today, which, as a reminder, was laws against idolatry and paganism, right? So next time, we're going to go over laws against fake spiritualists, laws regarding blasphemy, laws requiring dedications, laws requiring tithing, uh, special instructions for conquest. So that should be fun. Uh, We are also going to go over laws of the Sabbath. So it's next time. So now, would these be sexual conquests that the laws are over? No, or is no. It like, no? No. Oh. Thou shalt not roofie, bitches. But for whatever reason, in the special instructions for conquest, they talk a lot about fruit. 
You gotta you gotta make sure you get those oranges. You can sell those <laughs> by the roadside. Yeah. I think they're in the wrong region of the world for that though. That might be the Incas. I don't know. It's actually, um, let's see. When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. <laughs> Why would you plant fruit trees that you can't fucking eat from? Doesn't that seem like a waste? Because logic and sound reasoning, oh, honey. Oh, but only for three years. In the fourth year, all of its fruit becomes holy. Magically. Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, three years, three, magical number of God. Yeah, but you're not actually allowed to eat it in the fourth year. In the fourth year, all its fruit becomes holy, and in the fifth year, you may eat it. Well, I mean, fruit after a year isn't good. That shit goes goes bad quick. Well, you know what's funny, though, is that I don't know how many of you have ever had fruit trees, but most fruit trees don't bear fruit for three for at least three years. It's usually three to five years before you can harvest fruit from fruit trees. Not because God says so, because that's how fruit trees no, work. No, honey. It's because God says so. It says it here in the book, and we all know this book existed before fruit trees. No. Yes. Mm-mm. I'm getting delusional. <laughs> yeah, you need some, you need some, you got a fever. You need some medicine. You um, you actually you do have a fever. You need some medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for choosing Godless Engineers, your Bible study hub. <laughs> oh, <for God. laughs> And GE is going to go die now, apparently. Yeah. Well, heathens, I really appreciate everybody joining us today. And um, I'm going to go and get that um, medicine. Yeah. And uh, why don't you take the time now that the Bible podcast is over and go to faithlessforum.com and order your ticket to come to the Faithless Forum and see me and GE Holy Kool-Aid. Um, who else is going to be there? Prophet Azad, Genetically Modified Skeptic, Anthony Magnabosco. Telltale Atheist. Telltale Atheist. So it's going to be a fun time. Um, Allie Jackson from Atheist Republic is going to be there and more. Um, it's on April 7th in Dallas. So definitely go get your ticket and come hang out with us. We would love to see you there. Uh, I know that I, I I love meeting people that like to watch the channel and everything. I, I love interacting with you guys. Yeah, so do that. And uh, don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all. Tote's going to go die now. <laughs>